Welcome back to the Charity Matters Podcast. I'm Heidi Johnson, lifelong helper, nonprofit founder, and your host. I've been interviewing the helpers for a decade with my blog, and I'm so grateful to now be sharing these inspiring conversations on our podcast. Join me as we learn the challenges and stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and modern-day heroes who set out to solve the problems of humanity. Today, we'll be talking to my friends, Jenny and Josie Hull and Sienna Dances, the founders of the nonprofit Once Upon a Room. Once Upon a Room is a nonprofit organization that does extreme hospital room makeovers for seriously ill children in pediatric hospitals all across the country. I'm so excited to share their incredible story and journey of service with you today. Today, we're going to learn a little bit more about the work that they're doing in children's hospitals all around the country to make lives better. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're so happy that you guys are here. And, you know, I'm not supposed to have favorites, but I do have a very big soft spot for Once Upon a Room. And uh, and in full disclosure, have donated and volunteered and been involved um, with, with your work for a long time. And it's just it's so exciting. So I think I'm going to start with Jenny and I'm going to ask you a little bit about your past because you don't really wake up and start a nonprofit. And I know you had a very glamorous job that you were involved with. It was, you kind of were on a path and a a number of things happened that changed the trajectory of your life. So why don't you share, why don't we start start with what you were doing and kind of those series of phone calls and events that, that change things. Okay. So thank you so much, Heidi, for having us. Of course, we love you guys too and love, have loved your support through the years, you and your family and Ford especially too. Anyways. Um, yeah. So I was with a family in Malibu that I worked for that was amazing. And um, they were very involved in an organization called healing the children at the time. And so Subsequently, I became involved with them, too, and we um, got a referral. What we did there was bring kids here to the United States for surgeries, and then we'd send them back home after they were fixed. And there were major surgeries, hearts, brains, you know, really hard surgeries. It couldn't be done in these other countries. Long story short, um, we got this request for these two adorable, head-conjoined twin little girls. And um, so... The family I was working for, the wife and I, fell in love with these babies. And it was kind of our mission to bring these babies here to America. And we did. So fast forward, the babies came, Josie and Teresa, and they were conjoined at the head. And they were separated at UCLA Medical Center in a 23-hour, very heroic um, separation surgery, which has been done very few times and not many successfully. So our girls were the first successful girls to be separated. And... um Then the girls returned home to Guatemala after a few months and didn't do quite so well down there and needed to come return here. So they returned on an emergency um, visa back to UCLA. And Josie, who got out of the hospital first, they asked me if I would watch her because she needed to heal still in America, you know, close to her doctors. And so long story short, I am now the very, very proud adoptive mother of Josie, one of the twins. And her other twin is with another amazing family on Valencia, so we're really close together. 
So that was a start of us, but we, I was living in Manhattan Beach, totally, you know, living the single life, having a great time, worked for this amazing family. And then in 13 hours, I had a baby in my arms. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was very close to already, but it was such a gift. So what's the first thing I do is go to Pottery Barn Kids and get sheets and blankets and cute stuff because that's what you do with a major medical case. So, um, And obviously you're still doing that. You're still you're still going and getting sheets and blankets all these years later for other babies. Ironically, ironically, I guess it's from my path was leading me. So. Um, and they were actually butterfly sheets, which um, we the ended up naming the girls the butterflies because they figured them as like caterpillars and they spun them into cocoons and the doctors separated them and they flew like butterflies and they were all pink and purple butterflies. Josie, how old were you when you, do you remember, obviously you don't remember, but how old were you when you um, were adopted? How old were you, like three months old, six months Well, old? we brought them back at 20, about 20 months. And she was, I was her legal guardian as soon as they stepped foot back into the, on U.S. soil. So I've had her full time since 20 months. We brought them at nine months. So I was with them during the whole separation. And then she became, I became her legal guardian at, at 20 months. And then a few years later, uh, was able to fully adopt her. And the parents are really the heroes in the story because to selfish, selflessly allow your children to be in America because that's the only way they would have survived. They really are the unsung heroes in this. So we are so grateful to them and we're very close communications. So we have this really great big family and we're so grateful. So. I love that. And you're an awesome mom. And Josie is a rock star, a rock star young lady. And it's been so fun watching Josie grow up. But I know that um, Josie spent a lot of time in the hospital uh, and continues to still, you know, make some pilgrimages um, to the hospital. We call them oil changes. (laughs) Okay, oil changes. Yeah, that's probably better than a pilgrimage, but regular regular (laughs) tune-ups at children's hospitals. And I know that it's been um, a process, but maybe, maybe Josie, do you want to share a little bit about um, when you were in the hospital, what your mom would do to make you, make you feel better? She always decorated, decorated my room. And that would make me happy every time. And yep. your room didn't look like any, it didn't look like a hospital room, did it? No. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> everything, everything was, was magical and special and just for you and never the same and super beautiful. Yes. So we spent, we have spent over the years, I mean, I can't even count the amount of days and surgeries. There have been too many. But so we did. We we personalized her room every single time. And so and everybody would walk in and they would look at it and say, oh, my gosh, Josie, you love pink. or And they would recognize her as a person instead of her, what she was in there for. And, and it really um, touched our hearts, especially in a teaching hospital when you have so many new residents. For them to recognize the person is so important. So. At 11 years old, we were laying in bed one night, and I vividly remember this, and she leaned over and she says, Mom, I re- we really need to be doing something for someone else, and I want to help other kids in the hospital. And this was kind of a lull in our hospital stays because we're pretty good at going in every couple months. <laughs> and so um, and I said, oh, that's a great idea. So so we called Sienna, and who was, you know, same 11 years old, and we were telling her about what we were doing that Josie had this idea and she says, let's decorate. So let's go in and decorate these hospital rooms. 
fast forward a couple days, um, I was really good friends with people in the foundation at Children's LA. And I, we ended up in the emergency room with Josie. And I called them and I said, hey, I've got this great idea. I need to have a meeting with you. And I'm in the emergency room. Can you come here? And so they come in and they, in their most um, sweet. Only you, Jenny. Only you. Well, only me. Like, I don't have time. We're stuck right here. Come right now. So um, we're in the emergency room and I tell them our idea. And they kind of, you know, in, in a very gracious manner, laughed at me. And was like, yeah, sure, this is never going to get through. But they were like, we'll go back and talk to some people. Well, they got me in front of the infectious disease gal, um, who was amazing. And since I could talk her language and I knew the protocol for a hospital and I was strict in protocol for Josie, she was like, let's do it. So that's where it started. And they couldn't believe that anybody said yes to me. So, But our motto is don't tell us no, tell us how. We're going to get it done. So just help me out. So I was going to say, no one says no to you, Jenny. You smile and somehow just doors open and the world happens. So, Sienna, how old were you? I know you and Josie would say much, but how old were you? Um, were you were 11 when you did your decorate your first room? Obviously, you've been supporting Josie's one, your best friend and Jenny's kind of your second mom. And you've been supporting them and their journey with just Josie's health and just the day to day dealing with the physical challenges that sometimes um, occur, but starting a nonprofit, being 11 and being a single mother of a child that has, you know, a lot of special gifts and special challenges. Um, none of those things are the ordinary, you know, formula for starting a nonprofit. <laughs> oh, there's nothing ordinary about, about, about the dynamic, uh, trio that you guys are no we broke the mold on that one <laughs> we break it on everything Heidi <laughs> yes you do yes you do so Sienna when you when Josie said this and Josie and Jenny are saying we have this idea how quickly were you brought into the loop I what I remember was them calling me on like like it was morning and they're like it was a weekend morning they're like we have this idea and I'm like aren't you guys in the hospital like what do you what do you mean you have this idea <laughs> And they're like, well, remember Jenny and Josie? Like, well, you know how we decorated Josie's room yesterday? And I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I was there. And they were like, yeah, so we're going to do this for other people. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Okay, what what can I do? And they're like, we're going to do this. Like, you know, I'm, Jenny's like, I'm going to meet with like these hospital executives today. And I'm like, Jenny, aren't you still in the hospital? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't worry, they're coming to me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, great. So I would say within like the few days that she heard back and like got the okay. They were like, okay, let's do this. And I was like, okay, and they're like, we need a name. Like, we're gonna, this is gonna be a nonprofit. Like, we need a name. I'm like, okay. So I was sitting around thinking, like, okay, what would, you know, what, what should we name this? What should we name this? And I, I remember, I, I think I called them and I was like, hey guys, like, what about Once Upon a Room? And they're like, that's perfect. Like, that's it. And I was like, you know, it's magic. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of like, it, it went from there. And then, I think like we did a fundraiser and we got more people involved. And that was when we started calling everyone we knew being like, Hey guys, we're going to start this thing called once upon a room. Um, we're going to decorate hospital rooms for kids. We're going to do it at CHLA. We'd love to have you involved. And then I think like I did my first room not much later afterwards at CHLA. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and then it just what happened. year, what year was that? Oh, well, you were 11 or 12. I had it in like 2014, 2014. Yeah, 2014, right? Yeah, 2014. And then, Jenny, when did you decide to, like, apply? Did you apply? Is that the year you applied for your 501c3? 
Yes, yeah, so we didn't actually we didn't actually raise money or do any decorating until we got our five hundred one c three. Sorry, I'm right. That. <laughs> no, no, you were right. It was, there was a bit of a lag time. We got our five hundred one c pretty quickly, so. Um, but we we made sure to have all our ducks in the row before we actually launched into anything. Right. We'll try. I mean, see all hospitals, any hospital, not just CHLA, but all hospitals. Um, there's the series of um, protocol, and understandably so, that you have to go through to safeguard children and for health are, are, are so extreme that um, it really is it really is pretty incredible um, what you've accomplished because it somehow feels out of the box, although it's completely aligned with every last you check every box. It's just it's so special because nobody gets to have that those kind of experiences. So when you guys started, I mean, you like most people, no one wakes up and says, I'm going to do this and starts on a profit. Okay, you did wake up and say you're going to do this and you did have this idea, but but you don't you, you don't necessarily know what you're getting into and the challenges that go with running a business that relies on the kindness of others. And and it's it's hard. It's really hard work. And I don't think people always realize that. So um, what do you think some of the biggest challenges have been? Um, definitely fundraising. Um, fundraising is a big challenge. So in, in all honesty, we thought when we started, we thought, oh, isn't this cute? We'll do 50 rooms a year at CHLA, period. So in our in our world, we thought, OK, this is a great little hobby. It's something that will inspire the girls. They can inspire other people. You know, I love taking their lead. We had 12, 13 you know, year olds that were on fire. Um, and so we didn't think much of it. Well, we did like 102 or 105 rooms our first year. And we went, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, this just got expensive. Uh, very. My American Express card was not as, I think it was as cute as I did. So, um, but we have a town that is so supportive and they really rallied behind what we were doing and really supported the effort, especially to start with. And we are so grateful for that. But you know, fundraising is definitely a challenge. And then we started expanding. All of a sudden, it was like the universe opened and, and people were wanting to do this. And then UCLA, because that's where the girls were separated, and they wanted to do this. So we quickly expanded to their two campuses. And then we, um, within a year, we're down at um, Children's Hospital, Orange County. And then we thought, okay, well, we're just doing it there. So now we can control four hospitals and figure that out. And boom, it just it exploded. And, I, and it's really kind of because the girls – you know, took this on and people see the greatness in what it does. It's not about us. It's about the fact that what it does for the hospital's families and especially patients. And Sienna, explain what happens when you go into a room, like what you're putting together, what, so when you're fundraising, you're not, you're not just raising money from an organization, but you're raising money to purchase. Explain some of the things that you guys do and how you do it. Totally. So every room is kind of standardized now. So every kid, um, kind of depending on the theme that they pick, they we have like a set of preset themes that are like our most popular, like superhero, unicorn, princess, cars, that kind of thing. Um, we also, of course, do spe- like we do expect special requests, but we try to stick to that. Um, but every kid gets a name sign that goes over their bed. So it's like a personalized name banner that'll say angel on it. And it'll have, you know, if their sports room, it has a soccer ball or a basketball or whatever it is. Um, so that way anybody that walks in their room knows, oh, that's Angel and he likes soccer. Um, and so he, everyone gets a name banner. They get a personalized pillow, a personalized blanket, and then a personalized tote bag so they can take their stuff to and from the hospital. Sometimes they'll go home, come back. 
Um, and everything we give them, they take home with them and they can put it back up if they were ever inpatient again. Um, but then they get bedding, blankets, wall decals, a couple toys. We do like little flag bunting that goes in the window. Um, it's honestly, Jenny describes it a lot to people as like a movie set. Like it goes up and you can take it down and it looks all kind of the same. If you look at all of our rooms, even though they're different themes, that's kind of, there's things that are strung throughout all the rooms that are common. Um, and so it's just something that pops and makes it look happier, brighter, more fun place to be in and really just makes it better for the kids. Exactly. And I think that um, the fact that they can take it home with them is so amazing. And then, um, Josie, why don't you explain that how we we get to sneak in or how you sneak in and do the rooms and then what happens when you're finished decorating? What happens when you're kind of done? Do the kids know that we're going to do their rooms or how does that how does that work? Well, they don't know we're doing their rooms. But when, when their parents give us the request, we do it, and then we bring them back into their room, and they're crying or shocked when they have their stuff, like new stuff in their room. <laughs> and and how do you feel when you see all of those faces that you've helped? Happy, <laughs> really happy. It's it's pretty magical. It's pretty magical to see the shock and and the awe and wait, where's my room? Wait, I, I well, this isn't my room. And you say, oh no, this is your room. We've had a couple teenagers walk in and they're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry, we're in the wrong room. We're like, no, no, you're actually not. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So Jenny, when the you know days are long and hard, you you know are trying to get to dance practice and you're trying to be a mom and you've got to pick up and you've got doctor's appointments and you have all these things you're juggling and you're a single mom and you're running a nonprofit and you've got to be at this hospital for this child because they need you and you've scheduled it and and you're scheduling around a child's rehab or a child's surgery. So it's not like you say, oh yeah, I'll be there in 15 minutes. It just doesn't work like that. This is a a very military operation coordinated effort with sneaking in with your helpers and having everything planned and ready to do that. I mean, what keeps you, what makes you keep going when you just are overwhelmed by, you know, the need and, and the demands? What really honestly, Heidi keeps me going is these two amazing faces next to me. Um, literally there are times that I'm like, I just, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm exhausted. Uh, fundraising is so hard and we're so particular on what goes in. So we just want to change the lives of these families and these patients so much. And so every room is our heart and soul goes into. And before COVID we were at anywhere between 40 and 70 rooms a week. Um, and wow. personalizing rooms take forever. People think it just shows up in this wagon and it doesn't. And literally there'll be nights and I'm like, I don't, I, I think we're done. <laughs> and then I look at Josie and Sienna and I'm like, I can't be done. I am there. I am there to support them. So yes, I'm the adult, but I will be the biggest support ever to them and whatever they want to do. I have a hard time saying no, um, as you know, Heidi. And so I will do, I do. and it's them and it's their it's their 
dream and their journey and their vision. And I feel like I cannot let down for a second if we just need to keep going. You know, one time when I was like, okay, I'm, um, I'm kind of done with all these name signs. It's a lot of work. We don't order off Etsy. We don't order from people. We make every single personalized item, which is our brand now, um, in, in my house. And so we have heat press machines. We've got cutting machines, you name it. And the buying's easy. The buying for the room's easy. It's the personalization that takes so much time. So one time we were going into CHLA and I was like, okay, this is the last name sign I'm ever doing. I, I'm done. It's too hard. It's too much work. And it was a boy named Christian and he wanted a red room, baseball room. And he was 16 years old. And so I was like, okay, this is it. So I made it all and we get down there and we walk in and the, his room for some reason, I don't, I mean, it, we do this for every room, but his room was totally decked out. It was, I feel like a 16-year-old boy in a hospital is a really hard age. And so I made it as as great as I could possibly do. I put up a pitching um, background so he could pitch to it. He could practice with his mom. He, I brought mitts, gloves, you, you name he it. He put, like, tape on the ground to make it, like, like a mini baseball field. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my gosh. So we went all wow. out. And, I, and then I did his name sign. And... And he walks in, and the first and only thing he says to me is, my name. You recognized me. You're not walking into my room saying, this is the boy with cancer. You walked in and said, this is Christian, and my name is there. My name. He kept saying, my name. And I was like, darn you, Christian. (laughs) From there on out, I knew that that's what we had to do. It was almost a sign Ironically, his name's Christian, right? It's such a whole no. it was like hello, kind of like tapping me on the shoulder, being like, "No, no, they're smacking you upside the head. They're not tapping you." <laughs> My priest friend, Father Sean, always says that. How many times do you need to be smacked? <laughs> anyway, so thanks to Christian, I don't even know where Christian is now, but thanks to him, those are magical moments that come into our lives that um show you your path and you, you know, there'll be nights that we're doing like a whole, the whole cancer unit the next day and we've got 40 rooms put together and we've got to personalize every single room with all this stuff. And it takes hours. And Sienna, Josie and I have a running joke. We're like, okay, our goal is 11 o'clock to be done. Well, we're never done before two in the morning ever. (laughs) And we're up at eight to get to the hospital. So anyways, um, you know, it's, it's those moments you're like, keep going. You see the families, you see, when you pull that wagon into the hospital and the staff is so excited to know whose room are we doing? What's the theme? You know, you got to keep going. So yes, the days well, I want to quit, I got to think of the families. And, and I think, um, success comes in many ways. I think in the nonprofit world, you know, we have this horrible word called impact that we always have to use so that donors know that they're investing in a great organization and they want to hear the return on their investment. They want to know how many people you've served, how many rooms you've done, number, number, numbers. But I, I do think impact to me, like the story of Christian, that's to me a success. That's how I would measure success. How do you guys measure your impact and your success? I mean, when do you say, okay, like we just did that or we just had a hand in something magical there? Yep. I'm going to let Sienna answer a lot of this, but we, we feel like we're really good stewards of, of our donors of money and we're very appreciative of every dime we get. In fact, we don't have a single person salaried on our entire organization across the country. We're very proud of that. It, it, it may be as a good thing and a bad thing at the same time, but we feel like we are true. We truly take the money we get and it sinks straight into those children. Um, we, 
and I feel good about saying that we make such a difference that way because I think it's very important. Hundred percent. I think Sienna can add yeah. to. Um. So I also think, like in terms of impact, like number wise, you know, like Jenny mentioned before, we started in one hospital at CHLA in Southern California, and in you know. Since we've been around, we're now in 12 hospitals across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had three new hosp- people in new states and new hospitals reach out in the past five days about opening. It continues to grow. We've done over 4,000 rooms. So I think number-wise, you know, that's what I would say in terms of that. But I also think one of the things, like, when it comes to impact, like, what comes to mind for me is, of course, we have an impact on the kids and their families and their hospital stays, their medical journeys. But I think if you look at it from an outsider's perspective, we have such an impact on the volunteers, the hospital staff, donors. I mean, I think speaking from a volunteer standpoint, um, I have had friends that have come to the hospital in high school and college, not knowing what they want to do when they grow up, just come to volunteer to volunteer to do something for somebody else and leave and go, oh, I know I want to be a nurse or I want to be a child life specialist or I'm going to go get a degree in psychology. Like I have two friends that just graduated from college, one who's now working in the foster care system because she met people, you know, at the hospital who were in that and that's what she decided to do and one who's getting her degree to be a child life specialist. I know another girl who's going to college in the fall and knows she wants to be a nurse because she wants to help kids. Um, the hospital staff, like the doctors, they every doctor that walks by when we're doing rooms, like, no way, this is so cool. Like, this is just going to change, you know, little Christian's experience at the hospital. It's going to make him happy. So I think it's everybody around that really is affected by it. It's not just the patient or family. It's everybody involved. I, I couldn't agree with that with that more. And I have to say that, you know, we live in a um a society where we get instant gratification from almost everything that we do. And philanthropy and charity, there's there's nothing instant. It, everything that almost think of any cause, it there's this very slow long process. Of course, there's a huge, slow, long behind the scenes process that you all are carrying with ordering everything, making everything for the rooms, coordinating with the hospitals. I mean, the list goes on and on and on what you do behind the scenes. But for your volunteers, it's instant gratification. You get to go in, sneak in, do something really magical. It's like Christmas every single day, decorate, and then ta-da, you know, the big reveal comes in. I describe your, you know, what you do to people as extreme hospital room makeover. Instead of extreme home makeover, it's extreme hospital room makeover. And because it's exactly what it is, and and it seems magical. And to be a part of it, to give that experience to the volunteers that I've been privileged to be one. Um, it is such a fun, exciting, amazing moment. Um, that's just, there's just not words to describe it. There's just not words to describe it. So I know you've impacted my life and I know you've impacted my family's life and especially Ford's life, um, from being involved. So I, I think that your impact is definitely significant when you said magic that touched on something the reason we our tagline is it's like magic is and we call our volunteers our magic makers is one day we walked into a room and this amazing grandmother had um was the legal guardian of four children and the youngest had uh leukemia and so she was in the hospital with the child with leukemia his name was caleb and we walked in and she was in complete tears and she says 
oh, today's not a good day. For the last three days, I can't get him to eat. I can't get him to smile. I can't get him out of bed. He's almost given up. And his, his cancer wasn't progressed like that. He was just mentally having a hard time. So we said, no, today's a perfect day. Just get him to the playroom. So she does. She gets him to the playroom, and we deck his, decorate his room. He was seven years old in superheroes. And she brings him back in. And here's a kid that she could not get out of bed for three days. And he, we threw open those doors, and he forgot he had an IV pole following him, and he jumps up on his bed, throws his arms up in the air, and screams, it's like magic! <laughs> of course he doesn't know my name, you know, he doesn't even know who I am. And he keeps saying, room lady, you got to tell me how you did it. <laughs> oh my gosh, he kept saying, it's like magic! And, and we're, we're trying to chase him with the IV pole, so he pulled IVs out of his arms, and, and he really summed it up. It's like magic. He walked out. We come in in 15, 20 minutes, and it's totally transformed. And for these kids, it is magic. And it's magic because our volunteers make it magic. And so from there, you know, we, that's where we decided to grow it. And I think that one of the most magical spots of this is having teens that started an organization and what they did to impact other teens, including Ford. I mean, remember, Heidi, the first time I think we kind of drugged Ford there, and then he got addicted, you know. <laughs> Completely addicted. Mom said you had to come, and next thing you know, he's serving. Well, he always says our um, co-president with Sienna uh, on our junior room crew, but I think Sienna should explain what they created is this junior room crew, which is an extraordinary team program that nobody has, and nobody – I mean, I love teen years, so I was like, I'm all behind you, but – you You are just a teenager, Jenny. I I would like to think I still am. (laughs) You really are. You really are. So, yeah, Sienna, explain kind of how you you brought your volunteers together and how you got the the junior ground crew kind of going together. For sure. So, obviously, once we started this, everyone, like all of Josie, Josie and I, all of our friends wanted to be a part of it. And, like, we want to come to the hospital. We want to do this. And so we were kind of taking all our friends and then we were like, we should make this a club. Like this should be something after school that people can do. And so we kind of sat around with our friends at the time and we were like, what can we call this? We need a name. So we were like, okay, perfect. Let's call it the junior room crew. So it kind of started in, it literally started in Jenny's backyard with like 30 of our good friends um, when we were like in middle school and it like continued to grow over the years. Um, so, like going into me and Josie's sophomore year of high school, um, we met Ford, and that's when he brought a bunch of his friends into it, and it continued to grow across different high schools in Southern California. Um, and then by the time I was a senior in high school in 2020, we had 350 members across the country because chapters had started in Portland, Oregon, in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we had people in Texas. So it just continued to grow everywhere. Um, And so what it is is really like a fundraising and volunteer arm of Once Upon a Room for uh, kids. Um, It's mostly teenagers just because of how old you have to be to volunteer in a hospital. But we do do fundraisers every year. We did a Christmas event every year. And then we did um, spring decorating events where we would, like, we started off with one every spring, and then it grew to, like, five or six um, over the course of the years where we would decorate a whole unit at a hospital. So like the whole cancer unit at UCLA and the whole rehab unit at CHLA. So that's like 20 rooms in a day. And we'd bring in like 30 teenagers and everyone would do it. And it was awesome. It was such a great thing. So many of my friends got to be a part of it. So many of Josie's friends got to be a part of it. And I feel like we were able to touch so many people and bring in so many kids. And I think it really had a big impact on everyone, like getting to be involved in 
you know, a charity so young and giving back and volunteering and inspiring, you know, people to give at a young age. That way, when they get older, what Jenny always told us was you'll give somewhere and if you start early. So I think it right. definitely has had an impact on all of us now that we're all grown up and in college. I mean, it continues on today, but it's been cool to watch. Well, and I think something that you and Josie bring together, I think that is recognizable to all the other kids. You are leaders, and all the other kids look to you and to Josie. They, A, they look to your friendship, and they admire this incredible, beautiful friendship that you two have. It's made me cry. So beautiful. And they look to the way you want to serve other people, and they want to be like that. And so you both together are this dynamic duo that – that people want to emulate that. They want to have a friendship like that. They want to be like that. And then once they once they get connected with the organization, it is so empowering and so exciting to do something great. And I also think that for high school kids especially, because running a nonprofit that I work with high school kids as well, for my volunteers, that it needs to be something they can relate to. And their health is something that they can relate to. And they've never thought about being in a hospital. They've never thought about being sick. They've maybe never been to a hospital before. And when they see their health or someone whose health is compromised, I think there's a real wake-up call and a whole lot of gratitude and a, a whole mixture of incredible things that happen in that magic moment, as you said, Jenny, that that that's that experience that you guys provide for all of these students. I mean, it's it's just incredible. So, Jenny, do you have, like, a phrase or a, a slogan or, like, a life motto that you kind of use? Sienna thinks she might have one. <laughs> well, I think – I don't know what it is, but I think you probably have one. Yes. I always say, don't tell me no, tell me how. Tell us how. <laughs> I really don't think Josie would be here and thriving so well if we didn't do that. I don't know. What do you, what do you think our slogan is? I think that's a good one. I also think, I think it's a good one. I like her – Jenny always says – like to Josie and I, whenever we're doing rooms, like every child has a story and that's kind of stuck with once upon a room. Um, you know, it, every kid that we do a room for has a story. You learn it when you go meet them and you decorate their room or you're a part of it in some way. And I think that kind of extends even beyond once upon a room. I mean, look at you and Josie, like Josie has a story. Teresa has a story. Josie breaks down barriers too, that are some stereotypical barriers. People aren't so afraid when they hear her story and they know her and around her. And I think it makes it easier. Josie's really like a trailblazer a bit. I mean, we've never focused on what Josie can't do, but what she can do. And I think her story is so empowering and um, it's not a sad story. It's, it's actually a really happy story. And, and that helps a lot of teenagers too. In fact, one of their good friends was interviewed for People Magazine when they did a follow-up back in fifth grade, and the, the nice interviewer says to her, she says, well, how do you deal with Josie's special needs? And she looked him straight in the face, and she says, what special needs? <laughs> and he literally had to, he says, I had to stop the interview because I was about to burst into tears. But I think that kind of sums it up. Um, you know, and so she has a, this great ability to make people feel good and, like, do better. So, and Josie and, and Sienna's story together is so empowering. And, and then watching these teens, I mean, it is magic as you've seen it, Heidi. I mean, yes. just to watch these, these teens that are going to go far in life to have the ability to, to have free reign a bit to create something on their own. We always, everybody always just talks down to teens or tells them what to do. And instead right. we don't, we turn around and say, what do you want to do? What are your ideas? Okay, let's do it. 
So they kind of had free reign. I mean, my dad walked in one day, they were having a meeting, and they're following Robert's rules of order in, in their board meeting. And Ford and Sienna, well, Ford, <laughs> they were leading this meeting, and my dad was blown away. There was a secretary, there's a treasurer, they've got an agenda. You just empower them. They can do anything. Teens of all kinds can do anything, and it's, it is – I love it. Not agree. I could not agree more. And I also could not agree more that um, Josie, you just make everybody smile. Josie has this. You have the sweetest smile, and everyone who just sees you, you're always. You're at least at 99.9% of the time I've ever seen you. You're happy. You're always happy. You're always sweet. You're always joyful, and you make everybody else feel happy and joyful and sweet because you just you bring that to everybody, and then we see you happy. And how can you not be happy? Like you just. Look at that. See, I mean, I wish everyone could see your smile, but we'll put, it, we'll put a picture. Josie doesn't fight it in life. She's got an exceptional personality, and I can say this, I didn't birth her. So. <laughs> her temperament is something you've never seen before. She just, nothing ever gets her down. She just keeps going and fights through. And, you know, some of us, I think, in Josie's position would maybe never even want to leave the house. And Josie never, she is just always going and always happy and and I think Always we take happy. the lead from her. Like, I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to start with Sienna because you are an old soul. You are, um, you're the second person this week that I've interviewed that is so young and so has lived such an incredible life with just the lessons and the journeys that, that you've been, that have been put in your path and especially with Once Upon a Room. Um, so what do you think you've learned since you start? I mean, you were 11. You're now, 20 yeah 19 19 almost almost 20 and I mean obviously it's a decade but those are those are huge years but you're you're doing service and work that most kids don't do at the level that you've been doing it so there's you've learned a lot so any nuggets of wisdom yes um I think obviously I learned like a lot about a business about nonprofit how all these things work um, but I feel like I learned a lot about, I mean, like Jenny said, don't sweat the small stuff, you know, walking into kids' rooms every day, like in high school, it was a weekly basis, kids who had really, you know, not great out, like outcomes and they were super sick and they were end of life or whatever it may be. It made me realize how lucky I am just to be healthy. I mean, I think it's something that we all take for granted. Um, and so that's something that I quickly learned, you know, talking to these kids watching them fight for their lives, watching them lose their battles to cancer. It was, you know, really hard to watch, but it made me so grateful for everything that I have. Um, And it also, I think, taught me from a young age how important it is to give back and to help other people. I think that, you know, everyone eventually comes to figure that out, whether they're an adult, a kid, a teenager, whatever it is. But I feel like it's a really great gift that I got from Jenny and Josie that I learned that this was something that made me feel so good and made me feel like I was doing something to help other people at such a young age. And it's something that I continue to do. And I know I'll take with me wherever I go. Um, but yeah, like prioritizing, helping other people, giving back, brightening somebody's day, even if it's something small, um, you never know what the kind of difference that you can make. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And Jenny, I mean, you've been on a journey, my friend, and and so many lessons and so many um, challenges and so many victories and so many great things um, that have happened in all of this. 
Um, so what do you, what do you think you've learned in this, in this time that you've been doing this work? Oh, I've definitely learned so much about human compassion and to walk into rooms and the life lessons that we've just learned from our, like Sienna said, from our patients and to watch their journeys and other mothers and, you know, to sympathize and empathize with what they're going through and their fights and just to, to look at the world with such love and, and try to figure out there's people you walk by every single day that not in the hospital, even that you just know that are fighting some battle and it's how to appreciate the people you are asked to be with on a daily basis. And I mean, the great gift I've been blessed with of all the people we've been surrounded with in Josie's journey and then having Sienna, who's like, I mean, literally, truly the best gift we could have ever asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, gosh, I've learned so much and I'm so incredibly grateful that we've been led down this road. You know, we didn't we didn't pick it. It picked us. That's <laughs> the way it usually works. That's the way it usually works. And Josie, do you have any thoughts that you want to share on any anything that you think has changed since you've started doing this work? What you think about your work and all that you guys have done? How about how much you you enjoyed all your friends have been I, able to do? I enjoyed like me having like new friends and old friends join this. It's important to see the teenagers come together, huh? And you guys is you had a huge friend group that really supported your your idea and your mission. Huge friends. You have so many friends. I think about that um, video clip um, of you dancing and the whole room surrounding you in a circle and how many people were trying to get your attention dancing around you. And that's just you're like a magnet. You know, everyone just comes to you. You are just a magnet and you bring such joy wherever you go and such, such joy to everybody. Well, you've certainly brought joy to me and to our family and to Ford and to our lives. And I know how much joy you've brought, three of you, to everyone whose lives you've touched with Once Upon a Room. I mean, the 4,000 rooms you've done, all those families, you've magnified the ripple effect of that. It's tens of thousands of lives that you've impacted, all the volunteers and all the hospital workers. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible thing that you have started and continue to grow. So tell us how we can donate, how we can volunteer, where we can find you, follow you on social media, how we can support you in any way, big and small. For sure. So um, all everything can kind of be found on our website. Um, it's just onceuponaroom.org. There's a donate page, an about page, get involved page, all our chapters have individual pages on there as well. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. It's Once Upon a Room. Our Facebook is also Once Upon a Room. Um, and, yeah, we'd love for you to get involved. Um, in terms of donations, like I said, on our website, there's a donate page. Or also we take donations via Venmo, which is Once Upon a Room. Awesome. Well, I also love that you have done in the past um, – some kind of corporate sponsorships where companies have said to you, we really want to do something special and we want to do something with, you know, a team. And you've said to corporations like, well, okay, let's get your group of 15 and let's, why don't you sponsor and you talk to your hospitals who needs what and why don't you sponsor a wing or why don't you do that? And I love the way that you have brought people together to do this work and in such different and unique ways. 
We have. We actually, Heidi, that's really a good point because we have one of the few organizations that truly is hands-on. Um, you know, very few organizations are allowed in a hospital. We have developed such a rapport with our hospitals. So they trust who we're bringing in. Um, so our corporations that have come with us find it to be literally the most magical thing they've ever done. It's a great bonding experience for the team as well as, you know, benefits the hospital. So corporations have the ability to reach out to us and we can um, create an event with them um, where we go in and we either, you know, we can decorate the entire rehab unit together or the cancer unit and they sponsor the whole day and we go in and make a difference for every single kid on that unit, which is tremendous. It's hard doing one-offs because then you have a lot of people saying, well, why did they get their room done but not me and, you know, whatever. So to do these special events, and it doesn't just have to be corporations. Like I've got some um, some gentlemen that have brought their um, buddies and they all sponsor, you know, there's like five buddies and their families and they sponsor the rooms and we come in and do the whole unit. So it is really an amazing way to have it, you know, see this and have the impact on the patients, but also on your, on yourself. Exactly. Well, there's nothing better, as Sienna said, than helping somebody else. And Josie said, than helping somebody else and the way it makes you feel. And thank you for not only helping thousands and thousands of children, but helping so many of us be a part of it. It's just truly, it is magic. It is magical. And um, I adore all three of you. And I'm just so privileged we got to speak today. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you you for listening to this week's episode of the Charity Matters podcast. I really enjoyed talking to our guests today, Josie and Jenny Hall and Sienna Dances, about what it takes to start a business that changes people's lives. I think Jenny's comment about empathy and learning and understanding what people are going through was so inspiring and true. To learn more about modern day heroes like Jenny and Josie Hall, Visit us at charity-matters.com or connect with us on Instagram at Charity Matters. If you enjoyed our conversation, we'd love it if you shared this with your family and friends or feel free to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating. Remember that together we can make a difference one small act of kindness at a time. See you next time.